It's the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show's News of the Week for January 18th, 2020. Did you really believe Bernie said that? Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Render King Fisk, dig into the fight between Bernie Sanders and Liz Warren, and if we actually believe that he's a closeted sexist. Then we talk about the 60-minute segment on Jeffrey Epstein, who didn't kill himself, and CBS's exclusive photographs that raise more questions than answers. Then we talk about not talking about the Oscars and the Golden Globes. We also found a way to turn a wrong number into our first caller to the show. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks. With topics ranging from true crime and the paranormal. You can now listen to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, and more. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have the Fedora Chronicles radio show, let us know and we'll fix that right away. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Opening up the show this week with a new story that I actually don't believe. Mm -hmm. Okay. From CNN, Bernie Sanders told Elizabeth Warren in a private 2018 meeting that a woman cannot be president of the United States of America. Yeah, that doesn't sound at all like something Bernie would say. But then again, who knows? You You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. No, you don't. I mean, the only thing we know about any of these figures is what they present to us in public. Sure. So it's extremely possible that any of them on either side of the political aisle are being duplicitous because they know that's what the public wants to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's and we have in we have an image of Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has a certain what's what's the word I'm looking for? He has a certain um, he has an image, I guess, of being somebody who is very progressive and very modern. Somebody who who right. um, um, I think the word inclusive to a fault might be a phrase that best describes Bernie Sanders. I cannot believe for a minute that Bernie Sanders would actually tell that to Elizabeth Warren in a private meeting or even a public meeting. I cannot believe that Bernie Sanders would actually say that. Now, Tulsi Gabbard came forward and I'm actually like, this is the one thing I love about doing this, this podcast is that I set down my phone. Oh, hold on a second. Yes. All right. I actually have the screen capture of what Tulsi Gabbard said. And why am I not surprised that that Tulsi would 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 actually say this? Because this is obviously the kind of person that she she is. She posted this yesterday, last night, last night meeting, um, Monday the thirteenth, um, January two thousand twenty. Uh, I also met with Bernie Sanders before announcing my candidacy. We had a nice one-on-one conversation and that I informed him that I would be running for president. In that meeting, he showed me the greatest respect and encouragement. 
just as he always has. That's what I would expect of Bernie Sanders, though. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would expect Bernie Sanders to say, you go, girl, you go. Right? I mean, I'm in your corner no matter what. Now, right. or or at, at the most, I the the worst thing I picture him saying is, "Well, good luck because I'm running against you." You know what I mean? Right. I don't see him as he does not come across as first of all disingenuous, right? And second of all, he's I would consider the exact opposite of an anti-feminist. He is a very strong feminist. So yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't doesn't jive with everything I understand right about. Bernie Sanders. Well, here's here's the thing, and I'm going to read this. I did not read Elizabeth Warren's statement. Don't you think that would have been better for me to do first? Shouldn't I have read Elizabeth Warren's statement? This is what she actually posted on the internet. This is Elizabeth Warren's own words. Bernie and I met for more than two hours in December 2018 to discuss the 2020 election. Our past work together and our shared goals, beating Donald Trump, taking back our government from the wealthy and well-connected, and building an economy that works for everybody. Along with the, that, along with the topic, <clears throat> along with the topics that came up was what would happen if Democrats nominated a female candidate. I thought a woman could win. He disagreed. I have no interest in discussing this private meeting any further because Bernie and I have far more in common than our differences on punditry. I'm in this race to talk about what's broken in this country and how to fix it. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. I know Bernie is a is in the race for the same reasons. We have been friends and allies in this fight for a long time, and I have no doubt we will continue to work together to defeat Donald Trump and put our government on the side of the people. Here's the thing, right? Yep. Um, the CNN article, basically, they do what I would expect CNN to do, which is they're trying to present both sides of the story, right? They don't want to, they don't want to demonize either one of these candidates. Right. Right. Um, but some of the things that Elizabeth Warren says just don't seem to jive to me other like you know she says that uh, quoting from the article here it says last month Warren said in Las Vegas that she quote lived enough of my life with men it's mostly been men telling me to sit down and be quiet that I believe yeah I believe she said that I believe she experienced that I mean let's be honest sexism exists oh absolutely and I would even go so far as to say sexism in political circles is probably more prominent than it is in the private sector. Right. Simply because they seem to have, you know, like the, the whistleblower laws apparently don't apply in the public sector, whereas they do in the private sector. And that's just a, an indication of the differences between the two. So I fully believe that there are a lot of sexists involved in politics. Um, one of the things she said though, kind of really, bothers me like she says quote over and over we are told that women are not allowed to be angry makes us unattractive to powerful men who want us to be quiet i'm angry and i own it and she's saying that in regards to how some of her colleagues have advised her to smile more um i got that i've gotten that advice growing up 
Yeah. You know, and in, in whenever you're in the public sector, you're always told to smile. More. Right. Actually, you know? I was told to smile less, Jay, because. Um, well, I've seen your smile. No offense. I mean, dude. It, it, there's something scary about it. Well, it's like, yeah. the thing is, is like they're all crooked. I mean, I mean, I get, I get healthy teeth, but they're all crooked. And no, I was talking more about the helter skelter kind of look in your eye. <laughs> <and, you know, laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go with the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's, I, I don't doubt for a minute that she has been, I hesitate to say victim because she's a successful person. Right. But I, I, I don't doubt for a minute that she's had to face sexism throughout her life and throughout her career. I don't doubt that for a minute. It doesn't fit yeah. with what, I, what I've heard about Bernie Sanders. It doesn't fit with, I mean, and why would she say that except that she's going down in the polls? Yes. And yes. Hold on a second. Bernie's going up in the polls. Hold on a second. Hold so on. Hold on. That seems. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Hold on a second here. Because 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 we because every time that you you get to the point before I do that I'm about to make, I got something for you. Uh, oh. <laughs> We have cowbell? a winner. Is that the cowbell? That's a cowbell. <laughs> we have a winner. Jay, Jay got to my point before I did. Oh that's exact. That's exactly what's going on. That is exactly why. I because for people who know Elizabeth Warren the way that we know her here in New England, she has a a history of being is hyperbolic a word. I mean, or, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not talking about we, we, we put her in a chamber where she actually like um, acclimates towards different air pressures and stuff like that. I'm talking about how That'd be hyperbaric, not hyperbolic. Right. She does. Um, am I calling her a liar? When I well, say yeah, this, I, I, when I, I want to tread carefully on that, right? Because she could have been misquoted. Because one of the things, like, I've noticed in this article is all of the quotes that they have on her seem, like, selectively edited. Right. So, I don't know that Elizabeth Warren ever actually told anyone that, you know, Bernie Sanders told me a woman will never be president. Well, the, tr well, the thing is, the story evolved since last night, Jay. Oh, did it? Because the okay. thing is, is that... Last night, when I went to bed last night, and I tweeted a lot about this. First of all, whether you like it or not, Elizabeth Warren is a habitual liar. Or Elizabeth Warren habitually exaggerates the truth to make it a better story. For you to be more captivating. John Edwards, when he ran for president and then vice president with John Kerry, he was caught in a couple of... Let's just call them exaggerations, okay? okay? And for people who know Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren likes to put a polish on everything that she says, like everything is the worst it's ever been. Things are awful. Things are horrible. Um, if an asteroid struck the, uh, the planet Earth and wiped out all life here on the planet, 
she would say um, women, children, and people of color would be would be affected the worst in in this cosmic catastrophe. Well, She's that kind of a person. She puts a negative spin on everything to make it sound like everybody that she's talking to is is automat always always victimized. That's just that's just who she is. Everything is awful for everybody except for the except for the elites. And that's not untrue. But she has a habit of making everything sound far worse than it actually is. This and the story yesterday from CNN, this headline, Bernie Sanders told Elizabeth Warren in a private meeting that a woman can't be president. Now the story is is that staffers who weren't there in the room leaked the story. And they don't know what really happened. Even after Elizabeth Warren released the statement that I just read, but she said, yeah, that really did happen. Now, all these news organizations are spinning it as, well, this was a leaked story from a staffer who wasn't there. We're being gaslit by the mainstream media and news outlets to protect Elizabeth Warren, who's sinking in the polls. Well, all right. So a couple of things. You have to expect a story to evolve over time. Of course. As more as more details come to light and all of that. Um, again, the things that ring false in this is Bernie Sanders saying that a woman can't win. Now, we also have to bear in mind we're dealing with humans, right? Right. So it is possible, I would say even probably the more likely thing would be that she and Bernie had a long conversation. A staffer kind of heard her summary of that conversation shortly thereafter and then miscategorized it in their own mind. Because right. we know from several court documents anyway that eyewitnesses are actually horribly, horribly unreliable. Right? Because you can change the way you view a memory if you repeat it to yourself often enough. Sure. Right. So um, it is very possible that Bernie Sanders said something like um, Hillary Clinton didn't win. So I don't know if the Democrat Party would thinks I don't know if like the higher ups in the Democrat Party think that a woman would be the best candidate right now, which she remembered as him saying he thinks it would be very difficult for a woman to win, which then the staffer remembered as Bernie Sanders doesn't think a woman could win. Right. That seems like more like a more organic evolution of what was said versus what is being reported now. And I'm not faulting CNN for this because if Bernie actually said it's a hell of a it's a hell of a, uh, a story. Right. You know, but I just it doesn't it doesn't seem true to who Bernie Sanders has been for the past 30 years. Right. It seems terribly out of character for him. So I think what probably happened is during the course of their discussion, he brought up the difficulties facing her that don't face him because of her gender. Because um, that seems more in tune with something Bernie would say. And I don't mean to say that, you know, oh, you're screwed, kid, because I don't think Bernie Sanders would do that. But that seems more like something he would say, you know, you got to remember, 
you know, uh, people, they, uh, they're, they're, there's some sexist people out there. You know, that sounds like more like what Bernie Sanders would say than him saying, yeah, there's no way a woman could be president. That does, that's doesn't seem, that seems so out of character for him. I think that what he may have said, if he was brutally honest, I think that he would have most likely have said, I don't think you could win because you've been caught in a couple of lies and a couple of really big lies. I think that he would have said, Elizabeth, you have no chance of winning because of the Indian thing. And whoever, whoever the, whether, it's, whether it's Donald Trump or Mike Pence or whoever, they're going to hammer you with that. The fact that you lied about being part Native American so you can get a high-paying high job at Harvard University, that's going to come back to haunt you. Just be lucky you're a senator. Go home, take a nice hot bath, get a sip of wine. Even that, even that I, I don't, don't know. I don't know that Bernie Sanders would say that. Well, we you don't. I mean? We don't know what kind of person Bernie Sanders is when there's no cameras around. To be That's honest true. with you, we, we don't. But I don't know. That seems kind of that. I think that Bernie Sanders would say, "Elizabeth, here's your, here are your three problems. Here are the three problems that you have. It's your condescending tone. Like you're you're talking to people as if you're still a kindergarten teacher, and you're talking to people as if they're children. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You talk about you talk about working families and helping and saving working families as if they're an endangered species like like um, the ringe weasel. Like you're trying to save this like little tiny cute adorable little protected species. They're not no. We're not talking about saving some little little field shrew. We're talking about like American men and women and working families, people who put in 40, 60 hours a week and get paid crap money. Second of all, you I, lie. I, I think you're you editorializing lie. a little bit there. I you, can see Bernie Sanders saying, hey, you have three problems and here they are and laying them out. Right. I could see that. I, I don't think he would but be I as suspicious. Bernie Sanders telling her, don't run, go home, kid. I don't see him saying that. I really don't. I that don't just know. doesn't seem in character with him. It, I don't, really know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It could be a difference between, you know, public Bernie versus private Bernie. Yeah. But all of the reports that I've read about Bernie Sanders and conversations people have had with him in private, they've all said he's pretty much the same person in public and in private. I think that is one of the reasons why he gets he's so popular. There's a part of me that thinks that he's a bit more. And there's something about him that makes me think that in private, he's more harsh and more direct and, and, and to the point. He could be. I just, I don't, I've never seen any evidence of that. Okay. It's possible, but I just don't see any evidence of that. Well, so I can't, yeah. I can't in good conscience say that, you know, probably that is what it is. Right. I, I honestly can't. Um, what I do know, the facts are right now, that from all reporting, Bernie is the same in private as he is in public. His public persona is someone who would never have told anyone, regardless if it's Elizabeth Warren, but any any woman running for president, that America will never vote for a woman for president. Yeah. That doesn't 
that is that seems so it's like Bernie Sanders saying that Donald Trump is the best person in the world. It's just not a, not words that are going to come out of his mouth unless it's in jest. Yeah. And in a clear jest that everyone understands he's joking and that is not what he honestly believes. You know? Yeah. That's that doesn't seem right. The other thing we know for a fact is that Bernie Sanders is rising in the polls. Right. And right now, Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden are not. They are sinking in the polls. So what does that mean? All. Oh, I have no idea. Is it possible that someone on Elizabeth Warren's team is trying to take the wind out of his sails, try and steal some of that headwind that he's got? I could see that happening. I could see Elizabeth Warren being convinced to support that. Um, I don't know that. I don't know enough about Elizabeth Warren to be honest. I'm I'm not from New England. I don't have the experience with her. You know, my first time hearing of Elizabeth Warren was when she said you didn't build that. You know, um, so I don't have the history of dealing with Elizabeth Warren as a constituent. I really don't. So is it out of character for her to do that? I honestly couldn't say, but I, but I do know that it is very out of character for Bernie Sanders to say a woman won't be president or can't be president. I think it doesn't it, seem right. if, if Bernie Sanders said anything, and this is the last I'll say, okay. this is the last I'll say about this. I think that what Bernie probably said is that, yes, a woman could be president of the United States, but that woman is not going to be you. And I'm going to be honest with you, here are the six reasons why. I think I think that he probably was had a frank conversation with her and said, here are your problems. And that's, that's possible. That's yeah. possible. I don't know. I just, yeah, I just have a hard time. I can see him having a frank conversation with her saying, here's the, here's what I see are your biggest hurdles we're going to have. Yeah. I just don't see him telling anyone you're never going to be president. And of course, Tulsi Gabbard told an absolute total different story. Right. She and what Tulsi said matches with Bernie's yeah. perception, the, the public perception of Bernie. So what Tulsi says jives with what I know of Bernie from what I've read. Whereas what what this article is saying does not jive with Bernie from what I've read about him. So I don't know. I think you're right. I think this is not I think it's a genuine story, but I don't think it's necessarily an honest representation of the event that happened. Now of the the two people hey, 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 saying Jay, what went down, Jay, Jay, Jay can, can we you trust that or not? Jay, can you hold What's on that? a second? Hold on a second. Oh crap! Yep. I'm actually returning a call. I don't know if this is the the phone call that we've been expecting. Okay, this could be breaking news. Well, if you're calling someone, hey, hello, I'm calling you back. Hey, oh, what uh, what's the name of your company? What's what's your organization? Uh, Oh, that's funny because I is I maybe I got an automated call from you from you folks. No, not at all. I'm actually doing a radio show. This is Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles radio show, and we're we're waiting to do a um 
um, a live interview with uh, uh, with a candidate here in New Hampshire, and I thought that was you um, calling us to say, "Hey, let's get started." I don't know what 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 uh, what. How do you lean politically? Uh, uh, we're having a Democrat. Yep. Hey, hold on a second. I'm gonna hold on a second. I'm gonna patch you through. Hold on a second. I'm patch you through to our soundboard here. I am. Hey. Uh, no, all I was going to say was I have traditionally leaned Democrat, but I just don't think there's a middle enough middle candidates, uh, middle of the road. Um, I love Bernie Sanders, and I think he's the most honest person out there. Yep. But I think he'd tank the economy in about a week and a half. Yeah. Um, so that that was all my. I mean, I wasn't gonna. You know, I won't go into too much, but. I think a lot of people have good ideas. The problem is funding them, as it is now. I'm a small business. I can't hire help because I'm in Maine. Yep. And the minimum wage is already 11 or 12 bucks an hour. So no matter what, even if somebody's only worth $4 an hour because they're only doing $2 an hour worth of work, I still have to pay them 11 Right. So it's actually driving us out of business. Right. So these things about minimum wage and stuff, that's fine if they had like an age cap on it, like, you know, 25 and above or 30 and above, but when you have to pay 16-year-old kids that have never worked in their life 15 bucks an hour, forget about, you know, you want your $9 McDonald's mini cheeseburger, go ahead. But that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what it's going to come to. One of the things I want to ask you, since you're in New England, and and be absolutely, totally frank with us, because the person that we're trying to get on the podcast is Tulsi Gabbard. We're not huge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell us what you think about Elizabeth Warren as somebody from New England and be honest. Be brutally honest. Oh, I, I just personally don't like her, but I don't know. I don't know many of her. I haven't watched her stance. It's just uh, I, I'm in sales and I yep. deal with people on a daily basis. And I usually feel after doing this for 30 years anyways that I have a pretty good grasp on somebody I, when I have a customer who I like talking with, who ends up being a good customer and so forth. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sometimes if you don't think somebody's nice, they might not be. She's not somebody I'd want to deal with in a business at all. I just, just even selling her a product, she just looks like she would just, not just even bore me to tears, but just be a horrible conversation. Right. And I, I vote a lot based on who I, I like as people, She's not the type of person I would ever associate with. Right. Hmm. Let me know a quick question. And I would like to see yeah. somebody. So, on the other hand, Trump is somebody who I might have associated with at some point, but the people I associate with, I also don't think are fit to become candidates. Right. <laughs> right. Like, you sure you sure would not want so, um, somebody who you would not leave alone with your wife in a, in a room. <laughs> I'm thinking, but well, no. Uh, I mean, the thing is, yeah, I, no, I, 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 I wouldn't. Most people I know are good people, <clears throat> right? But I don't know if I would, uh, you know. And I think they could make some good decisions. I'd like to get yeah. somebody with a modicum of common sense, but yeah. it's also rather truthful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that the biggest problem right now is that there are too many people who are on the Democratic field, and the media has already anointed the person that they want to see nominated. And they are pushing these people really, really hard. And people are starting to wake up and say, no, no, we don't want that person. We don't want Joe Biden. We don't want Elizabeth Warren. Here's the here's the person that we want. Now, right now, they picked somebody like Bernie Sanders, who obviously got screwed four years ago, um, you know, during the Democratic primary. But one of the things that annoys uh, my co-host, Jay Cousineau, and I a lot 
is that everybody is sort of saying, this person could stand up to Trump. This person can stand up to Trump. There's a commercial where there's a woman who literally looks into the camera and says, I think he can actually stand up to Donald Trump. But the question is, what do you do on um, uh, January 21st 2021, the day after they're sworn in and do- and Donald Trump is no longer in office. What do they do then? And people look at you like, like, like what? Like, what, why, why, why are you bringing that up? The only, the only issue is getting rid of Trump and there's no, nothing about with the exception of Bernie and a few other, other people who actually have a platform. Um, do you think Donald Trump is going to win reelection? I, you know, unfortunately I, I would have voted Republican in the last election if it wasn't for him. I had to vote independent because I refused to vote for a Democrat in that election, and I also, in good faith, could not vote for him. I think he probably will. I think his base is far too strong. Uh, honestly, I mean, look at the rise of you know, it's not that his platform is the same as Hitler, but the cult of personality here is so strong. Yeah, and there are way too many people that are just. Whether they believe one side of the media or the other, they're just way too, uh, to me, brainwashed with this person. Right. But to me, if you, it's, it's not even that everything he's doing is bad. Some of the things in the economy are great. Personally, I have way too many morals to vote for anybody who, lying is the one thing I can't stand. When you lie about simple things, just like something you've said or something like that, how can I ever believe you about anything serious? Right. So he actually may be telling the truth about all kinds of things now, but he's told so many lies, it's like the little boy that cried wolf, he just can't possibly believe a word that comes out of his mouth. Yes. And that's that's discouraging to me as an American, to have a president I can't trust at all. So let me me ask you this. Do Do you think the impeachment is helping or hurting the Democrats or Trump in this case? You know, I would have to say, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's probably strengthening the base for Trump. Yep. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know if what was actually done is an impeachable offense or not. I don't think it's right, but I think that everybody in the position of power has always used that power to get what they want, regardless yeah. of party. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's probably just going to make more people that would have complacently laid, laid at home and thought he was going to be reelected anyways, actually get to the polls to make sure he's reelected. Yeah. Yes. I think there's so many factors. Uh, in, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to cut this short. I have a customer that just walked through my door and that is my primary focus. All right. <laughs> Fantastic thing. By the way, in the 10 years of doing this, you're a first, uh, you're, you're a first caller. So thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks. That's why we should have the phone always plugged in when we're doing the podcast in the event (laughs) that we have another wrong number and we can just say, okay, you're live on the air with Eric and Jason. This is the Thrower Chronicles radio show news of the week. Go ahead, caller. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'd be some legalities involved with that, but, um, What's interesting about that is he described himself as a Democrat, right? I think he could, and, he described himself as as an independent who leans Democrat. Okay, so so that's about. I think that would be the average man, the average person in the United States, the average citizen of the United States. 
is probably more moderate, and then they lean either Democrat or Republican. Right. I won't say right and left because it's, I, I don't think they. I don't think the parties actually represent the right and the left. So, what did he say about the last election? He said he couldn't, in good conscience, vote for someone like he voted. Donald he, he voted. He voted independent. Now that's something that I hear a lot of. I hear. A I lot. hear a lot. A lot of that too, and I wonder: is there some shenanigans that went on with? the electorate, the election numbers, like, yeah. and I'm not saying, you know, Hillary didn't win the, the majority of the popular vote. What I'm wondering is I would love to know what the spread is of people, like how much, how many independent, how many people voted independent versus for one of the two candidates? How do, how do I say this without sounding crazy conspiratorial? But I do believe that there was some kind of conspiracy to sort of suppress certain certain voters or people who voted a certain way. Like I think the I think the numbers of people who voted for Gary Johnson have been misreported or miscounted. That's and that's possible, and, but I, I'm more interested in knowing not just Gary Johnson's numbers, but like And Jill Stein. In, yeah, but all all of the independents. You know, um did the independents get a larger share of the of the entire vote? this past election than they have in the previous presidential elections. That would be something that I think would be very interesting to see. I'm actually going to, I am going to consult the Oracle of Google. Oracle of Google, hallowed be thy name, thy search engine come, do us onto cyberspace as it is in heaven and on earth. Lead us not down the rabbit hole and deliver us from Facebook for thine is a cyberspace kingdom forever and ever. Amen. So according to the Wikipedia article, Donald Trump got 46.1% of the vote. Hillary got 48.2% of the vote. And if my math is correct, which it rarely is, that comes out to 94.3% which means 5.8% of the vote of the votes were not actually cast for Clinton or Trump. Right. I don't know. That doesn't seem right to me. It, it, it feels like that should be a larger percentage that went independent based on purely anecdotal people I've spoken to yeah. things. Right. Now, they also say that 55.7% turnout, which is not the greatest turnout. What was the 2012 turnout? was 54.9%, yeah. so slightly better. The 2008 turnout was 58%. Um, the 2004 was 56.7%. The 2000 was 51 percent which is the lowest so far of those <laughs> the 96 election was 49 percent the 92 election was 55.2 percent so it looks like more of the public's been going out consistently and voting since 2001 happened, yeah which would make sense right um, elections have consequences after all. And right. 
I think a lot of more people are like, well, screw that shit. So 55.7%. That's, I mean, I don't know. That seems kind of average, I guess, but I don't know. That's, ugh, I wish I knew math better than I do. I think, I think at this point you're talking about statistics, Jay. Yeah, I, I really am. And, you know, I mean, if uh, 62984828 is who voted for Trump, and then 65853514 is who voted for Hillary, and that is 128 million. And what is the population of the United States right now? I could have sworn we're, yeah, we're, there's 327.2 million people in the United States as of 2018. So, and not all of those people are voters. I don't know, the numbers just don't seem right to me, but I don't. I, I, I know that we, I know that we have had this conversation mm -hmm. often and I'm also I got to get rid of this 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 thing that's making everything pop. I, I know that we've had this conversation. I know and, and I know that we're going to sound like a broken record. And I hope that we're not putting people to sleep when we say this. We we know the numbers are skewed. Um, yeah. Robert Kennedy Jr. has done a lot of work in reporting voting irregularities we also know i mean it's a known fact jay that during the general election the republicans and democrats have conspired with each other to keep independence out of the debate we know we know that for a fact i would not be surprised if we can get some kind of static statistician and I know that I mispronounce big words sometimes. Somebody who somebody who works in statistics could come in and sort of prove mathematically that the numbers that were reported for who voted for who in the 2016 elections was obviously definitely misreported and, and, and skewed. Because so many people tell me, oh yeah, I voted for Gary Johnson too, or I voted for Jill Stein too. I talked to more people who voted for Gary Johnson and Jill Stein than people who voted for Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Now, I know that that's just anecdotal evidence and that's just like it because of uh, uh, of the of the circles I swim in. Right. Okay. Now that anecdotal evidence is not proof of anything, con you know, conspiratorial as of yet. But it does strike me as as odd. That so many people have said, yeah, I voted for Gary's too. And yet somehow he was hardly able to break through like what, maybe 20%? Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. Well, it's, it's a hard thing, right? I mean, because we're dealing with something that, I mean, for, for many people, and when I say many people, I really mean me and I hope a lot of other people so I don't feel like an idiot. Right. But when you're dealing with numbers of this size, it's hard to conceptualize a grasp 
what those numbers mean and what they represent. Right. So if we had just shy of 129 million people vote in the election, that just seems off to me because how many registered voters are there in the United States? And how do they define voter turnout? Voter turnout is what's the percentage of registered voters that show up at a specific polling place. Like my polling place is the um, elementary school just down the road here. In all honesty, I could walk it if I wanted to, and I have in the past. And, and voter turnout is the number of people or the percentage of people who were registered to vote that actually show up to vote. So how, and how much of that, Herg? Yeah, that this, this would be something that we'd have to do research on. And frankly, we both have full-time jobs. So yes, but it's just, I don't know. There's something that seems off with the numbers. Yes. And it could be because it's so damn early in the morning. I don't know. It's so, yeah. And, and we don't, we, I don't know how much, how much Sarah, um, sailor Jerry that you had last night. So, um, um, well, I still got some left in the bottle, so I didn't have too much, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, it, <sighs> I also want to get to the other topic that we promised oh, our yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. that we would talk about starting yeah, with, let's, let's go over to that. Screw the segue. Just do it. All right. So there were uh, 60 minutes did what I think is a powerful piece on Jeffrey Epstein and at, right after it aired, couple of people had been asking us, are you going to, are you going to talk about the 60 minutes special? And the thing is, it was so important that I actually added it into the intro to the, the previous show. Whereas, like I said, yes, we're well aware of the 60 minutes segment. We're going to actually talk about it. We were planning on talking about it on this show. I watched it not once, not twice, but three times. And there were a couple of takeaways that I thought was very shocking um, from the 60 Minutes special. Whereas you actually have somebody who was there, was being interviewed. I don't know if it was, I'm not sure if it was Leslie Ann Stahl or it was somebody else who actually had said, uh, no, no, absolutely. There's no way that Jeffrey Epstein was, uh, was murdered. There's absolutely no way. Without a doubt, Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. And then there are all these abnormalities. <laughs> Meaning, um, and we and we link to the story on the uh, the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week Facebook group, which is separate from our our, our main old bread and butter, plain old vanilla um, Facebook group. And I'm calling it up as fast as I can. And wouldn't you know it, there's probably going to be a whole bunch of like dings with people who are, who are uh, uh, messaging me saying, are you going to talk about it this week? Are you going to talk? About it? And there's another news item that I also wanted to talk to. I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to save it for last. All right. All right. But um, let me see here. Come on now. Washington Times. Jeffrey Epstein's jail cell video 
quote, no longer exists, federal prosecutors tell judge. The video doesn't exist anymore, Jay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's not suspicious at no, all. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Not suspicious in the slightest bit. Now, some of the pictures that 60 Minutes showed on their segment is that you have Jeffrey Epstein's cell that <laughs> looks horrible. Yeah, it does. Um, and the question is, did they... Um, did they just throw in a whole bunch of like leftover um, sheets and, 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 and blankets and prison uniforms? It's like, um, yeah, the guy, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the New York mag.com has an article, five takeaways from the 60 minutes for Jeffrey Epstein report. And I'm looking at like <laughs> screen captures that people tweeted. And there's a shit ton. I mean, it looks like a damn laundry room. There's so many damn orange sheets in there. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Yeah. It's... Wow. I mean... It's... And then they, they have photos of the news. This is from War Damn Eagle tweeting. Says photos of the news taken as in as evidence and presumably thought to be responsible for killing Epstein show both ends of the news folded and hemmed, not cut. But sources have told 60 Minutes that the guard who found Epstein cut him down before trying to revive him. So if the ends of the news, first of all, which looked really short, were hemmed, not cut, someone handed them that looks like more like a belt, like. You know what I mean? Yeah. From like a bathrobe kind of a thing. There's a lot of people who are looking at that. There's a lot of people who. But again, we don't have all the information because we're assuming that this is the news they think is responsible for killing him. But it could very well not be. We don't know. This guy was had been on suicide watch. He was, yeah, he, he was, was on, suicide. on suicide watch and he had a sleep apnea machine with an electrical cord in his cell and had a ballpoint pen because he wrote notes. Yeah. You're not going to give someone who's suicidal things like that. You know, because if, if you had an electrical cord, why would you use a, a cloth? Unless, I mean, unless this is, we're all wrong and this is just an example of, uh, uh, autoerotic asphyxiation gone horribly awry. If you're trying to kill yourself, would you use sheets from, would you use a strip of cloth from a sheet designed to not be able to support a human's weight yeah. or an electrical cord? Exactly. Exactly. I, th I would, I would think that if I was going to kill myself, I think that the first thing I would try would be the electrical cord, but it's I, you know, but here's the thing. I mean, I'm out of practice. I haven't been suicidal since high school or college, or since I walked out of the theater after watching Howard the Duck. Um, I, 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 there's the whole. There are so many things about this, and the fact that 60 Minutes really sort of took their time to finally do this episode on Jeffrey Epstein. It's not like everybody hasn't been talking about this for the past six months. It's not like it's like. It's not like it's been a meme. 
It's not like people have been sneaking in the phrase Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself everywhere that they can. It's not like this is one of the biggest news stories of 2019, Jay. Right, right. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> now, you have the medical examiner, examiner, Dr. Michael Baden, who showed some autopsy photos and showed us pictures of Jeffrey Epstein's actual bones and I, I, don't, I don't even know, what, what's the name of that bone that he kept pointing at and, and saying? In, hyoid, th- hyoid bone. Yeah, the hyoid bone. Um, he's never seen that bone broken in three places from a suicidal hanging. Yeah. There's not an, there's, there's, in 30 years of doing autopsies, he's never seen that happen. Now, is there a first time for everything? Well, of course there is. I'm just going to read this really quickly here. The medical examiner's office said that it stands firmly behind its finding of suicide by hanging, arguing that the fractures of the hyoid bone and cartilage can be in both suicides and homicides. But then it goes on to say that Dr. Michael Baden, who is... He's sort of like the Mike Tyson or the Michael Jordan of of autopsies, medical examiners. And he's he, in the thirty years he's never seen this. However, however, the, however, this medical examiner stands firmly behind the fact that 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 they that they've seen this. The medical examiner says that. Oh yeah, sure, I've seen this all the time. I've seen this right, often. Throw away the fact that that Baden bought Baden Baden, however you want to pronounce it. B a d e n. That's however you want to pronounce it. That's fine. Yeah. Well, here's the Baden. exact quote, Jay. Here's the exact yeah. quote. There were fractures on the left and the right thyroid cartilage and the left hyoid bone. Baden said, "I have never seen three fractures like this in suicidal hangings." Going over a thousand jail hangings, suicide in New York City State Prison over the past 40 to 50 years. No one had three fractures, he said. Oh, so I'm, I, 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 I lowballed him. He's yeah. been doing this for 40 to 50 years. Right. But at the same time, he's also been paid to look into this by the Epstein family. I don't know if somebody would actually throw away his reputation to lie like that. And well, therein lies the question, doesn't it? You know, uh, but it is something that you have to take into account when you hear his account of what happened. Because it's just like the Bernie Sanders thing, right? Is Baden the kind of person that is willing to give his testimony, if you will, based on who's asking him what it is or who's paying him? Or is he, you know, purely about this is the science, these are the facts of the case? That's tough, Jim. You know, it is tough. It is tough. Especially if he's been doing this for 50 years. That means he's in his 70s. Yeah. Probably mid to late 70s at the at best. I just don't see somebody like that lying about that, though. Well, yeah, if his if his reputation's at stake, I don't see him doing it. I really don't. 
but I, I don't know anything about. Excuse me. I don't know anything about Dr. Baden. I honestly don't. I mean, he's, we're told he's an expert, but then other people have raised questions about his credibility. Um, there's other experts that are saying well, it's very difficult to tell the difference in the case of strangulation, strangulation, whether it's murder or suicide. Um, what it boils down to is a lot of the autopsy is based on opinion. It's opinion, opinion informed by facts and it's opinion formed by experience, but it's still opinion. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't know. It, there's a lot of, there's, the truth is there's too many questions about surrounding his death for any of us to say equivocally, oh, he, there's no way he killed, he killed himself or there's no way he, he was murdered. Right. You know, we really honestly can't say that because it's too many questions, not enough answers. All the facts we've been presented seem to be inconsistent. Like in the text on this article, I'm looking at on uh, New York mag, there's a tweet that shows two pictures of what looks like two nooses. And then there's another noose that he says is presumably thought to be responsible for killing Epstein. That doesn't look like either of the two nooses in the previous. I mean, did this guy make a bunch of nooses and was trying them all out? I mean, and it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and I don't know if we'll ever know. Well, you have a lot of people with a lot of time in their hands who are obsessed with this case. And they even devote huge segments of their podcast to the story that yeah. look closely at these pictures and say this. No, I can't. I can't. No, I can't. I can't believe that this is what happened. I can't believe that this is. I cannot believe that he actually committed suicide like this. And we, we, we are those people. Yeah. And I mean, it's also possible to, it seems to me anyway, it'd be, it would be possible to kill somebody by strangulation and make it look like a suicide. Seems like that would be definitely something that's possible to do. It's not science fiction. It's something that seems and feels very plausible. Right. So... There's, there's always questions, and I think there always will be. This is definitely, this may be the JFK assassination of our generation. Yeah. You know, 50 years down the road, people are still going to be saying, Epstein didn't kill himself. I honestly believe that this is going to be one of those cases that people are, are going to look back at and says, how, how could they have not figured this out? Well, it, that may be. Um, more important to me though, is what is aside from the investigation into his death? What about the investigation into the fucking sex slavering he ran? Is that a segue, Jay? Is that a, is I don't know if it's a segue or not. It's just a question that bothers the hell out of me. I don't, I don't, that's what I want to know. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't have any, any evidence. 
because this is this is something that people need to actually stand up and actually look at and ask themselves. Yeah, we need did the was the former president of the United States, the former first lady turned senator turned secretary of state turned presidential candidate, the woman who won the quote popular vote, quote unquote, in the 2016 election. Were they involved in some kind of a sex ring? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, you've got uh, on New York Mag, they, they have photos of Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker all on a trip on the Lolita Express jet owned by Epstein, right? So they have those photos. Right. But then we also have questions about Laura Silsby. Yes. You want to talk about and a rabbit a segue. hole. You want to, a you want to talk ass. about a rabbit hole. Right. This is something. Now, this is all tied to what happened in Haiti. Um. Uh, when the 2016, after, right? So it's yeah. after the it's is that when the hurricane hur, the hurricane happened? No, it was not a hur. It was not a hurricane. It was the, it earthquake. Was the earthquake. Was that 2016 though? Let me just say because the Oracle of Google says H A 2010 2010. So right so after five years afterwards. Okay. So the thing is, is that. Um, we were actually reading some posts on Twitter about how the dust, the, the, the justice department once again, exonerated Hillary Clinton with a whole email fiasco. This is despite, uh, FBI director Comey saying, if it was anybody else, but Hillary, they would have been prosecuted. But because Hillary is just so stupid and, and, and doesn't really know how email works, we're going to give her a pass. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. We know for a fact that Hillary Clinton had an unauthorized email server. I don't know if we can call it illegal, but we'll call it an unauthorized email server. Right. And she was passing emails off to Huma Aberdeen her assistant, her personal assistant, who printed off classified emails, <laughs> printed off classified emails to have Hillary read them on sheets of paper because she couldn't read the text on the cell phone, on her BlackBerry or, or iPhone, whatever she had. Okay? Right. And, so, and some of those emails that were printed off, were printed off off of Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey, I got <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> on the brain. Anthony Weiner's computer. And Anthony Weiner used that uh, uh, computer to communicate with underage girls sending off various dick pics. Yeah. And used that computer to solicit sex from, um, Underage girls, allegedly. Now, was he convicted of that? He was. I don't remember. He was charged with trying to solicit sex from underage girls. Okay. 
And if, and the thing is, is that Anthony Weiner could very easily have been blackmailed by somebody and saying, hey, <laughs> we know you like little girls. I'm going to tell you what. Um, get us some dirt from Hillary and we'll make sure that this story never sees the light of day. Yeah. All right. There's a... There, and, and, and there's a reason why people dislike Hillary with a passion of 10,000 burning suns. Right. Right. Now, the whole point of that email server th bringing that up at the moment is because among those emails that were transmitted between Hillary and Huma, I love the alliteration. Yep. They talk about this, this woman... Um, damn her name, Silsby. Uh, Laura Silsby. Yeah. Who had been arrested in Haiti for uh, trying to get what she termed as orphans out of the country, but which apparently were not orphans. Then she told the families that she was taking them to a, a higher end school or something like that. Right. Right. And then apparently Hillary Clinton violated State Department guidelines and mandates and worked really hard to get Silsby out of the country. Now, the State Department, according to their own website, cannot get a U.S. citizen out of jail overseas. They cannot state to a court that anyone is guilty or innocent. They cannot provide legal advice or, repre or represent citizens in court overseas. They cannot serve as official interpreters or translators, and they cannot pay legal, medical, or other fees for U.S. citizens overseas. And according to this, this uh, I think it's going to be the first link on the page, um, soapboxy.com, yep. which sounds more like, you know, come buy our soap. Um, apparently, they sent... She got Bill Clinton to go over and act as a negotiator to get the woman released and sent back to the U.S. Yes. Which is a violation of those guidelines. You know? That, that's just, yeah. So that's crazy. Now, do I think that this Laura Silsby was there trying to get children to go into the Jeffrey Epstein slavering. I don't know, but she did some skeevy shit. You know, without it. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And why is this coming up now? Well, one of the reasons why it's coming out. Well, the, one of the reasons why I got onto it is because I was, it, cause a rabbit hole. I was I was following a rabbit hole doing research for this episode. And I knew the topic was going to come up about the child sex slave scandal with the Clintons. And I, I and somebody had posted on and, and this takes a lot of balls. You, you you gotta admit this. This takes a lot of balls. Somebody had posted on Bill Clinton's Twitter page when he posted about how Hillary Clinton was exonerated again in another investigation into um, the email scandal or whatever, whatever scandal it was this week. 
and people were posting, people flooded his Twitter with links to the story that we're talking about right now, the story about Laura Silsby. And you know that there's a, there's a couple of, of web pages, and it's, it's almost like a meme of Hillary Clinton whacking people or having people whacked who get in their way. Or remind. Yeah, but it's almost like a joke meme, though. It's, it's not almost like a joke. Something anyone takes really seriously, except for the people that are like, you know, crazy hater. You know. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I often wonder, you know, in the middle of the night when I hear strange noises and all three dogs are upstairs in the, in, in in the bedroom with us. Um. A lot of people had had wanted to remind, um, wanted to remind Bill Clinton of the story and that they hadn't forgotten. So I followed. I, I looked up this name and I found that these links, and and the biggest. I think the biggest story of all with sec, that second only to the story about Jeffrey Epstein, or maybe these are related, is this news item: the Clintons, Laura Silsby, Haiti, Amber Lentz, and human trafficking posted just yesterday and this is like one of those things where is is like this here's the thing i don't understand and you need to explain this to me jay because maybe i'm dumb maybe i'm stupid maybe i'm not that bright how is it that people keep posting links about bill and hillary's ties to jeffrey epstein and child sex trafficking. Why is it that people keep trying to associate the name Clinton with child sex trafficking? Well, at least part of it, at least some of them, not all of them. No, but there's but a lot of people. Some of them have Clinton derangement syndrome. Sure. And, and we, we've been victims of that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to acknowledge that that is definitely part of it. But out of all the things that you could accuse the Clintons of, out of all the things that you could accuse the Clintons of, why child sex trafficking? And maybe that's a maybe that's a rhetorical question here. And and this is like one of those things where it's like we're going to say, oh, there ought to be an investigation. And eventually there is an investigation and they're exonerated. Mm-hmm. And now, and that's, a, I think that that's a cause for frustration here for a lot of people. Jeffrey Epstein was obviously, definitely, without a doubt, charged and convicted of, can we, can we say child rape? Can we, can we say human trafficking? Can we say that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked in child sex slaves and and not be wrong and not have to uh, recant or um, in a later episode have to do issue an apology? We can say without a doubt that uh, that Jeffrey Epstein was charged for the crime of child sex trafficking. And, And and then at the same time. We can look at the very, very close association between Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton 
and Jeffrey Epstein and some other famous celebrities. Well, not just other famous celebrities, Donald Trump, um, Prince Andrew, um, various politicians in Italy. This uh, Jeffrey Epstein was someone who liked to move in the circles of the rich and powerful. Now, does that mean any of them or all of them had anything to do with the sex empire he ran? Well, how did a guy who used to teach high school become a billionaire as a quote-unquote financial advisor and investor with no customers and no clients? Follow the money. As far as I know, no one's trying to follow the money. Not that I've been able to see anyway. Now, will that money lead to the Clintons? Possibly. Well, will it lead to Richard Branson? Possibly. Will it lead to um, Kevin Spacey or Chris Rock or Prince Andrew or Donald Trump? It, it, possibly for all of them. I, we don't know. But what we do know is there's hundreds of women whose lives are irrevocably changed for the worse because of those activities that we know Jeffrey Epstein was linked to. And we don't know where Ghislaine Maxwell is. We don't know what role Hillary or Bill or Andrew or Donald had with any of that. We don't know. No, we just don't. We just we just don't know, and that's the terrifying thing. Yeah, is that how? F I mean, we uh, and I totally admit we do go down the rabbit hole, and we do find these do. these threads or these strings that bring us, you know, bring us down this 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 other path here. But one of the things that it was, and I thought about this last night, and I sent you, and you know. A whole bunch of texts or a whole bunch of links to articles about Laura Silsby. And and a lot of people are saying, look, this is this is this is this isn't just illegal. This isn't just about government corruption. This is like this is genuine evil. We're talking about probably one of the greatest crimes that you could commit short of murder and we'll and we'll put aside you know the, the the friends of bill and hillary a hit list for a second the issue of child sex trafficking keeps coming up when you look up the clintons and there are so many people out there who tweet to bill and hillary reminding them of this at what point would a normal person say listen we're going to shut down the clinton foundation we're going to stop running for office. We're going to go ahead and we're just going to go back to being private citizens. And, and, and we've had enough. At what point have you been dogged so much by people trying to remind you of something that maybe you didn't do? Like, let's just give the Clintons the benefit of, of the doubt for a second. Okay. Right. Maybe, maybe that they're just guilty by association possible it's it's possible let's just just for the sake of argument say mm -hmm. they didn't they didn't know all the all the rotten things that that jeffrey epstein was doing the people still insist 
on sending them links and sending them memes on Twitter, reminding them of the accusation of child sex slaves and, and child sex trafficking. At what point would a normal person say, I don't deserve this shit. I don't deserve this shit. I'm done. I've done an, I've done enough for the American people and I, I, it's time for me to quit and, and just buy a ranch in Wyoming or Montana <laughs> and retire. Right. Wouldn't, I mean, I, I <sighs> wouldn't that be a thing that normal people would do, Jay? Yeah, but normal people don't get elected president. You know what I mean? I mean, we're not dealing, when you're dealing with a power couple like the Clintons, they are not normal people. We're talking about a couple where the husband was governor of a state and president of the United States. The wife was a senator and secretary of state. These are not normal people. Now, are they power hungry? I think the evidence suggests that, yes. Um, are they involved in sex trafficking? I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's evidence to say yes, there's evidence to say no, but it all depends on whether you believe the source of, of that evidence and what conclusions you draw by looking at the chain of events and the facts that we know. I honestly don't know, man. I really don't. I mean, it's clear that Bill Clinton had some form of relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, right. whether they were friends, whether it was a business thing, whether the Clintons were customers of Epstein's. We don't know. We don't know. We do know Bill Clinton does have a history of, let's just say, hypersexual activity. Mm-hmm. Um, Outside of the bonds of marriage, which, you know, whatever, draw whatever moral conclusions you care to about that. The fact remains is that he was running around on his wife. She absolutely had to be aware of it because if I'm aware of it, there's no way she couldn't be. There's, yeah. Right. How complicit is she in that? We don't know. We do know that there is a woman who is accused of trafficking children in Haiti that. Hillary Clinton spent a great deal of time using government resources to facilitate her release. Said woman, by the way, Laura Silsby, is now a VP at an Amber Alert company. Right. Or the Amber wrong. or the Am Amber Alert. Yeah. Which seems wrong to me. But, you know, maybe she's trying to make up for the things she's done in her past. And again, it's only accused. She's accused of sex, of child trafficking. It's possible that she did what she did for altruistic reasons and was incorrect in some of the assumptions she's made. That's entirely possible as well. But this is where Trump, this is where Clinton derangement syndrome comes in because she has some superficial apparent ties to the Clintons. Mentally, I, I throw that anything about her into a negative light. 
And that's that's a bias. That's a bias on my part. Is there any way that we could be unfair to the Clintons? And I mention this only because of the, the latest news story about how Hillary Clinton has been exonerated in yet another investigation. Well, it, it's, it is possible we're wrong about the Clintons. But it's also possible that, you know, they're despicable people, but not as despicable as we think they are. So, in other words, just because we may be wrong about this thing does not mean that, you know, all of the, the Hillary supporters out there who, in their own way, are just as vehement as the Donald Trump supporters doesn't mean that they're right either. You know, I, 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 I think the average person is going to look at, looks at Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and thinks, yeah, there's some skeevy shit going on. Right. There's some evidence of it. Some evidence has, you know, I mean, there's, there's something absolutely not normal about that, but you cannot deny that they are extraordinary people. They are not normal people. Which is why she's not laying down. She is, last I heard, she's still considering running in the 2020 election. You know, I mean, considering Iowa's coming up soon, the Iowa primary is coming up soon. She's better, you know, shit or get off the spot if she's going to be joining. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles a little bit, but... But that's but that's exactly the way that it happens. I mean, this is exactly when you go down the rabbit hole and you go down these um, you go down these these paths and you keep circling around the same topic. Like in in doing the research for this specific show and we're doing this and we're doing the show Tuesday morning. Um, January 14th, 2020, because Jay's going to be getting on an airplane. I am. And coming here with the hopes of interviewing Tulsi Gabbard here live at the Fedora Chronicles studio. Now, and the, like, like, like as of right now, these are the two, the two of the biggest topics or the three of the biggest topics in politics, in politics right now. Yeah. Um, let's not even bother look. You know, hey, what's hey, what's 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 trending on Twitter and whatnot? Yeah, fuck Twitter. Actually, no, I'd I'd, I'd rather not. Um, I mean, granted, there's a lot of people there, probably some diseases and whatnot. I mean, USB port. I mean, how would that even work mechanically? <laughs> Just. You know, and you see somebody like David Grohl is trending on on uh, on on uh, Twitter. It's like, oh, is it all right? You know, is he is he alive? Whenever you see somebody tweet, you know, uh, um, yeah. Well, Dave Grohl's trending on Twitter because we lost Neil Peart. Okay, this week, which was, if anyone is a fan of music and especially like the music of the eighties, uh, Neil Peart was the drummer for the band Rush, and he was. An absolutely phenomenal yep. drummer. Yep. So that's probably why Dave, Dave Grohl is trending on Twitter because he's recognized as one of the better drummers out there today. Right. So, 
So yeah. do, do mean, we do do we do we want to talk at all briefly? Because I'm sure that we're running out of time. Do we yeah, care? Right. Do we care at all about how <laughs> Meghan Merkel and her and her husband Prince Harry are going to be moving back to North America, whether in the uh, in the United States or Canada? Do we care? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty, I mean, who cares? First of all, something would have to happen for William to William for Harry to be even relevant politically. Yeah. Right. And Meghan Markle is, I mean, I, she was an actress, I guess. Or yeah. Something. I, she was I, an actress on a great show for, for a couple yeah. of seasons. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I yeah. Know. And she stole, every, she, she uh, stole every scene she was in, apparently. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do say that my give a fuck meter on the whole Harry and, and Megan topic is somewhere above empty. Yeah. You know, there's nothing there. I, I really, I could care less. Do you care about the know. Oscars? Who's he? <laughs> no, I, I really don't care about the Oscars. Like the Golden Globes, like. Apparently, Ricky Gervais said said some things during his mono, opening monologue or something, and I don't care so much about like Golden Globes. The awards shows in general, I don't typically care about all that much. I used to be more into that when I was younger, but as I've gotten older, it's been like, eh, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's just another opportunity for people who make a lot of money playing make-believe to talk about how great they are. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly the thing that Ricky Gervais had said, is that I think the, the funniest line is that you, you people do not know what you're talking about. You cannot lecture common people about politics and what's really going on in the world because you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. <laughs> that's a fun that's a that's a that's a funny line it is a funny line and the the thing is too is like i know a lot of conservative sites are are like ricky gervais is speaking truth to power but it's like okay you realize he's a liberal and a comedian and his shtick is shoving things in people's faces metaphorically no he's not like you know walking around with a cream pie in his pocket or anything but you know i mean that's that's what he's known for and the last time he was on an award show i think it was a golden globes yeah there was some controversy or something like that so his return was this big political thing but in all honesty eh, who cares it's not going to change the world you know entertainers are still going to talk politics you know they're still going to try and tell us how awful we are while living off of the fat of the nation that they denigrate yeah you know, I mean, they're they're making a really, really good living and they get a shit ton of stuff for free, even though they're all multimillionaires. And there's going to be people out there who want to go into acting because of the craft and the art of it. And other people who want to go into because they want to be a celebrity. And eh, who cares? I really I really. Eh. You know, movies are fun. They're entertaining, but they're a distraction. They're a way of 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 recharging your mind you know what i mean yeah um 
I think movies in general are an art form, but I don't think it's necessarily a high art. You know, I think, you know, people like Jackson Pollock, for example, probably are more a representative of the imagination and the power of the imagination than say Tom Hanks, you know, acting is playing make-believe convincingly. Right. And it's very entertaining, but it's not going to, no one has ever watched a movie and had a sudden epiphany about state of humanity and then gone on to do something to change the world. Well, I don't know about that. I think. Well, that I mean, I, other than George, other, other other than George Lucas, yeah. I, I I think that that a lot of people actually go see movies and say that's the kind of man I wish I was. That's the kind of man I'm going to strive to be. This is the kind of man that I hope to be when I grow up. And that's and that's how and that's how I felt with Raiders of the Lost Ark, and to a smaller extent, The Untouchables, and then to a smaller extent, Miller's Crossing. I think that movies can change people. I, I, I th- oh yeah, they. I, I think they can, but at the same time, compare that with like Jackson Pollock, who is an artist that I don't appreciate his work right. artistically. I did the aesthetic of it does not appeal to me. Right. However, Jackson Pollock's paintings are an example of high math fractals. Programmers took decades getting to the point where they could have computers work with fractals. That's why um, CGI fire for the longest time looked so fake. Yeah. And all of that until they figured out the secret of fractals. And Jackson Pollock was doing that with a paintbrush and a canvas in his, in the shed in back of his house. Yeah. He was the, the difference, the way, the way they can authenticate a Jackson Pollock painting is that anyone can take paint and dribble it on a canvas. But if it doesn't meet so many fractals within the work, it is not a true Jackson Pollock painting. Yeah. That's some really high level shit going on, you know? And even like Neil Peart, for example, as a drummer. Um, I tend to think of music as being more high art because I like music, but like Neil Peart as a drummer, this, this was a man who could go on 20 minute drum solos and did it consistently like every other night for like 30 damn years. And very rarely did he repeat himself. You could listen to Neil Peart for a year playing the same damn song every day. And it came to his drum solo. It would be different, but always, always steady on the beat. So you never lost where the beat was. Yeah. And he was playing around with polyrhythms too. So he had one rhythm going with his foot, one rhythm on the bass drum, another rhythm going on the hi-hat with his other foot. And then each hand would be doing a different polyrhythm too. And I mean, that's, that's, one mind controlling four limbs doing each doing something different. That's um yeah, and that's that's amazing. And that is that is that's, genuinely that's next level shit. 
genuinely um that's thought provoking and that's and that's there is some art that i think that is life-changing and that there are i mean i'm sure that there is somebody out there who thinks that smoking the bandits part one and two probably like the greatest movies ever made and it changed their lives for the better somehow some way all right yeah, but is it a testament to what human beings are capable of because that's what art is right when you look at michelangelo the sistine chapel you look at leonardo da vinci yeah just the art not any of the other shit right those are a testament of what we as humans can do right the layers of meanings that are in those paintings, the layers of, especially like Michelangelo's um, sculpture, like David. That's some incredible art. That's look at how smooth he got the marble. And he didn't have, you know, he didn't have like a power sander or anything. I don't even think he had fucking sandpaper. I don't think that was even invented then, but I don't know. Maybe it was. And he was able to do these shockingly realistic things and unlock them out of rock so that it almost looks like they're alive. Yeah. You know? And I don't know, maybe maybe it's because I, I just I just I view movies personally as being distractions from life. But really? Because I mean, I, that's where you and I are kind of fundamentally different. Oh yeah, you find inspiration in movies, and I generally sure. Don't. There are some movies that I like to um, have on standby. Like, have, I, I like to have them physical copies because I think that there is some kind of emotional, spiritual connection between me and specific movies. And I, and it, people are shocked when I say that um, it's it's not. It's not. I don't watch just only the Indiana Jones movies. Like, I, and and I don't. There there are times. There are periods where I, I don't think Raiders of the Lost Ark is the greatest movie ever made compared to say something like Casablanca. Right. And you had said in a previous episode, whereas like if Casablanca is playing in the movie theater, you have to go see it. I think there's oh, some. Yeah. There is something. There is something about Casablanca that is like it captures like lightning in a bottle and right. it's and, and and it's it's sort of like um it's it's a gateway to another addiction where it's like you got to keep watching movies of that era in the hopes that you get that that high that you got from Casablanca right and um there are some i think that there are movies out there that are like deeply inspirational and and, and emotional um, you could look at a movie like Forrest Gump and say, well, if that idiot can do that, <laughs> imagine what I could do. Right. It's, and it's not hard to understand why people don't find some movies inspirational and others are not. Um, there's, there are a lot of what, what's the, what's the other, the thin man, the thin man. The original Thin Man. I can watch the original Thin Man. And there's, I mean, it is, it's a perfect movie of that era. It goes from everything, I mean, the everything from the film stock, the cinematography, the, the direction, the acting, the script from Dashiell Hammett. It's a perfect movie. 
It's a perfect mm. mystery. And not only it, it doesn't get bogged down by the uh, by a love story of people who just met and they're falling in love while solving this mystery. It's about a married couple who have a great relationship and solve mysteries together. And, and you can't anyone, help oh, yeah. anyone who is, let's say, not a fan of the classic movies, but was alive during the 80s and loved the television show Moonlighting. Oh, yeah. Moonlighting was heavily inspired by The Thin Man. Right. And heavily inspired by movies of that. Of that era. Of that era. Yeah. But I need to get going, dude. Yeah. I got to go to work for my well, boss. Texting me nasty grams. Well, another great show, Jay. As always. Thank you very much. All right. And keep in touch. Let me know what your travel schedule looks like. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, pal. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Federal Chronicles radio show with hosts Jason Cousineau and Eric Renderking Fisk. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our past shows, show notes, and recent articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook after you found it so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Chronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with comments and show topic suggestions. We might even read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page patreon.com slash Chronicles. From your dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt or coffee mug. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash Chronicles. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and all the others on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme song for this show is Royal Flush by All of Music. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is edited and produced by Eric Render King Fisk. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2019-2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of Jason Cousineau, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chin up and your fedora on.